I'm Mark Peterson, and this is Before, During, and After, a podcast from FEMA. Over the summer, FEMA rolled out some important updates to our mobile app in English and Spanish to give users a more personalized experience. And most importantly, as we begin National Preparedness Month, help them take charge of disasters. It's the largest update in 10 years. So on today's episode and to kick off September as National Preparedness Month, we're going in depth all about the FEMA app and our continued commitment to providing families with the tools and information they need to keep themselves and their loved ones safe from disasters. All right, so this is the largest app update in 10 years. And so to talk a little bit more about the app and all the great things that we have uh, to offer in this new version, we have Gloria Huang. Thank you so much for joining me, Gloria. Thank you, Mark. Really excited to talk about our new app and um, to maybe dive a little bit into the details of that process with you. We're excited about it. So uh, Gloria, so take me back 10 years. Uh, What what, what sort of was the impetus for FEMA to think about creating its own app and then launching it? Absolutely. Back in 2011 was when the FEMA app was first launched. Um, now, at the time, uh, as you can imagine, the way people used mobile phones was maybe a little bit different. Uh, social media was certainly taking off at that point. Uh, but we all uh, have seen a huge shift in technology since that time. So originally, the app uh, was put out to be a one-stop shop for people to be able to get information uh, from FEMA. And it could be from the preparedness angle, from the emergency angle, and uh, certainly from the program angle with trying to understand what does FEMA bring to the table and how can it help me. Uh, At the time, there were a lot of apps out there for a lot of different reasons. And uh, as I Uh, recall the FEMA app was really meant to just represent the agency in the mobile app space. Um, So over the last decade, a lot of things have been added to the FEMA app to make it a little bit more functional and to bring more information into there. But what we found was that uh, that collection of information over time became very unwieldy and the app became something that was a very word and text heavy. There were a lot of things in there and not necessarily a great user experience. And um, with the change in shifts in technology as well, you can always expect that people will have different changes in their expectations for mobile apps too. And what we find nowadays is that uh, people really want to have a seamless experience. They want uh, their any app, whether it's from the government or uh, from just ordering food on their mobile phone to uh, be easy to use. And so that was really the impetus for us to make sure we can have the FEMA app meet those types of expectations going forward. So it's one thing to develop the app, and then it's one thing to sort of make technical updates throughout the process. But to have you know, such a large, um, reversioning, I guess. Um, how does, how does that, that development of this new version differ from how you built the previous versions or maybe the, uh, the original app itself? It's a great question. When the app first launched, it, uh, looked and felt like the way apps looked and felt back then in 2011. Um, And since then, there's been a lot of advances in terms of the technical frameworks that uh, people can use to develop mobile apps. Um, At the time, BlackBerry was still a big player, for instance, and you'll find that BlackBerry influenced a lot of the design decisions that you would see in mobile apps in other platforms as well. 
um, very linear, um, very much focused on uh, a lot of kind of buttons listed one after another for you to click on. Um, however, with uh, the way the market has shifted since then, you see a lot more emphasis on things like swiping as an action to be able to do something within an app. Uh, we had not updated that actual framework in the entire time um, since 2011. And so the way that the app looked and felt was certainly outdated. And so in order for us to update and completely revamp that user experience, we had to use a new framework. And that framework needed to be a modern one with all of those gestures and features that people tend to expect nowadays. Um, so we started out by first choosing that new framework, and then our developers were able to really dig into it, working with our designers to make sure that we could adapt that framework with, um, you know, the colors and the, the branding that people also expect nowadays from um, FEMA services as well. And so there is that big development lift of basically choosing a brand new framework and being able to provide the most popular features in the FEMA app um, within that new framework. We had to rebuild everything on that regard. Um, and also with that uh, new technology comes with it a brand new sort of approach to looking at the IT security side of it. And so we had a lot of hurdles to um, to to go through uh, in that regard in reassessing really with the, the app technology that we have nowadays, um, how do we make sure that we are not only building something that is stable and modern, but also very secure to today's standards as well? You sort of hit the nail on the head. I mean, a lot has changed in the last 10 years. I mean, just thinking back to the BlackBerry usage um, that we, maybe all of us in government, everybody had one on our hip, but uh, you know, even just the updates of all the mobile platforms have has really just changed dramatically in the last 10 years. So, you know, why do you still feel that mobile app solutions are important today? And, um, you know, how can they sort of help us in the numerous ways that we think about our customers, our, the, our partners in the emergency management field? Well, everyone has uh, some sort of mobile phone for the most part today. There are certainly a lot of communities still where um, that's not mobile phones are still growing in terms of uh, penetration and the number of people using it. But if you look at the, the data, you see that um, by and large, uh, everyone has uh, access to the internet through mobile phones. And in fact, in a lot of cases in underserved communities, even uh, a phone is more readily available than a laptop computer or a desktop computer, right? Um, so mobile first uh, has been, you know, kind of floating out there as uh, a catchphrase or a, um, a slogan for a lot of folks uh, who work in the technology space, but it is very true in the sense of if we don't design with mobile um, com customers in mind, anytime that we're figuring out how to build a digital platform, get our information out, uh, then we lose a huge segment of the population. Even looking at our data for FEMA.gov, we know that a lot of the time, most of our users are actually accessing the site through mobile phones, especially during times of disaster. So we want to make sure that we keep that in mind. A mobile app takes a sort of web mobile experience and one step further by making sure that um, if People have a preference for being able to have information from a certain source readily available to them. They can download it straight to their phone and have it there as an app that they launch instead of a website that they have to navigate to. Um, and there is quite 
a, a market out there for mobile apps. Um, it only grows every single day. And uh, we have found that uh, if you look at the diversity of uh, options available to people, whether it's for weather alerts or, um, you know, emergency information, that marketplace is only growing um, on the Google App Store uh, or Apple App Store, for instance. Um, so it is very important for us. It's important for us as the agency to be able to reach uh, people who we are helping through that space, if that is their preference. Uh, it certainly doesn't supplant all of the other communication platforms that we use to get our information out, people should have the option to choose how they wish to get information from FEMA. And we want to make sure that if um, if people like to use their mobile phones, want to be prepared using their mobile phone, that the FEMA app is a great option for them. Yeah. So if the average listener um, today uh, is anything like me, uh, they are very reliant on their of their mobile phone. And in fact, if faced with a disaster, um, if, if I were to play that out in my in my own mind, I certainly think that my phone might be one of the first things that I grab. And so let's talk about the features in the FEMA app that make it um, more than just something you might grab quickly, but also a really important tool uh, for that that person who's facing a disaster. Absolutely. We are still thinking of the FEMA app as that one-stop shop for information that people can use before, during, and after a disaster. What we did with this redesign was refocus our efforts on really what are the essential pieces of information and tools and resources that uh, someone might need in those moments. Make sure that we're cutting out some of the clutter uh, making sure that it's really targeted at what their needs really will be in each phase and making sure that the app delivers that right up um, in one central place for them. Uh, so we completely changed the way that we approached the uh, information on the FEMA app by adding in this level of personalization. The first thing that you see when you launch the new FEMA app will be uh, your name. If you choose to add it as you are um, onboarding to the app, you'll see your location. If you add your main location, we'll be able to tell you and put right front and center all the emergency alerts relevant to that location and also information that is relevant uh, to that location from our news and um, from the local disasters as well. And so that already changes the approach that we have. Uh, the old FEMA app just had you try to navigate. Uh, everyone got the same experience and you didn't have things tailored to your location. This time we're making sure that the focus is on what is most relevant to you, where you are. So say a giant severe thunderstorm is happening right outside. If you launch the FEMA app, you should see those alerts uh, set up right on your homepage. So you know immediately, oh, something's happening right now. And here's where I can get information on it. Um, in addition to that, we also made sure that even without a disaster, there's uh, useful information that people can uh, take advantage of if they use the FEMA app. So before a disaster happens, we've completely rewritten all of the preparedness information that can teach you what you can do to prepare yourself in different types of hazards, even if you only have a few minutes. Say you're waiting in line for coffee, something like that. We've made it easy for you to launch a preparedness slideshow, quickly learn a few things and be able to close the app again. So we want people to be able to use this FEMA app throughout all these different places uh, time frames and be able to get something out of it. 
So Gloria, you know, uh, just in terms of all those features, that's something like maybe once you're into the app, you can, you can take advantage of all these features, but you know, one of the things that you, that you always have to make a choice about when you download a new app is notifications, whether you want to allow them or not allow them. And so what notifications can a user, um, uh, expect from the FEMA app? Should they choose to allow, uh, to allow those notifications? So that's a great question. One of the most important alerts that you'll get through the FEMA app is tied into emergency alerts, whether it's weather alerts or a local one sent by local officials uh, to a specific location. You can add up to five locations and receive those notifications. Now, as you can imagine, adding up to five locations may result in a ton of notifications at any given time. Uh, what we have also made available is a lot of configuration options so that once you add a location, you can go in and say, I'm interested in these types of disasters or this level of notification so that you can control uh, how frequently you may get pinged. Now, in an emergency situation where there is something really threatening in your area that you need to know about, you can imagine that there's going to be a lot of notifications pinging your phone. But that is exactly the point of this app feature to be able to make sure that when there is a dire situation, you're getting pinged about it and you know exactly what the latest information is and it's delivered straight to your phone. I, for example, have um, a smartwatch as well. And so my FEMA app notifications go to my phone and I'm able to tell, oh, there's a severe thunderstorm warning. I should make sure that I'm planning for that. So that's one of the key functions. And actually we found through looking at our analytics, that that was the most used feature in the um, previous FEMA app as well. So we wanted to make sure to preserve that. That said, we have we know that notifications can be annoying, and so as the FEMA app uh, will also allow you to turn off all those notifications if you don't want them. Um, we certainly uh, put the choice in people's hands on how frequently they want to be notified. You know, when when we're developing content uh, for anything, whether it's the our social media sites, the website itself, you know, we're always thinking about the audience. And and obviously, with the app, um, it's important for for anybody in the public to to realize this as a great tool. But I want to talk specifically about emergency managers. You know, what it why should emergency managers, whether they're at the state, local, tribal, or territorial level, why should they download the app? So state, local emergency managers have uh, a lot of the same people uh, they're trying to reach uh, as we're trying to reach. So we are we are all trying to make sure that people who are in a situation where they're about to experience a disaster or they just experienced a disaster can get the right information, can keep themselves safe and know how to recover. And that's what the FEMA app is geared towards, um, making sure that people can plan before a disaster. Um, can protect themselves during and can recover after. And so this app is one tool that the people that state emergency managers uh, wanna reach can use. Uh, we wanna make sure that if you uh, are, are emergency manager in a location where you're uh, trying to think of how to communicate to the public about what they need to know at any stage, you can always refer to the FEMA app as a great resource for them. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that other resources and information aren't also important to make sure that the public knows about. The FEMA app is just one tool out of that toolbox, um, but it is a reliable one that you can always point to. And also we are looking 
uh, forward to adding more features and adding more value uh, through the app by working with our state, local, tribal, and territorial partners um, to figure out what else the app can do and what features we can build into it that serve what they see as needs that their public have. Uh, you know, just in, in skimming through the uh, app just as we speak, I mean, there's a lot of great um, preparedness information on this, uh, you know, just featured right now um, on the app as I look at it, you know, five things to do after a flood, before hurricane landfall, you know, things to do uh, before hurricane landfall. And it's step by step. I mean, you really click on it and go right to, you know, get started and it walks you through you know, five different steps to do before, uh, you know, you might be faced with a flood. I mean, those are great tips. How do you curate um, the preparedness information to make it, you know, prominently displayed for a user? Well, the preparedness section in the new FEMA app is actually completely rewritten based off of the common topics and most popular topics that we found people were using on ready.gov. So we wanted to start off with a really broad look at all the different topics and hazards that we can educate people on for, for ready.gov. And we repackage them into these really easy to flip through slideshows. Um, we also are curating these uh, topics in the section on, on preparedness by making sure that our team is looking at across the board, what are the most common disasters that people are facing at different times of the year, um, and featuring them when they're relevant uh, to a lot of people in the nation. Uh, we were really hoping down the road that we might be able to build a feature into the app where based on someone's main location, we might be able to curate some more preparedness topics specific to hazards in that area. That's one of the um, feature ideas that we're most excited about. And it's one of those things that we're really uh, looking forward to building out a little bit more by working with different partners and trying to figure out how we can make uh, how we can make some uh, features that really add some value to people based off those personalization options. Uh, you mentioned one right off the bat. Um, I know that your team is just always looking for new and innovative ways to, to make things better, make the agency more relevant. And so, you know, what's coming up next for the mobile app? We are already working on several features that we might be able to add into the roadmap for the app. And really, the focus is on trying to get uh, small improvements out more frequently to our customers. Previously, the FEMA app was updated um, a little less frequently, maybe every, every few months, uh, maybe only just certain security patches and things like that. Uh, but going forward, we're really renewing our commitment to making sure that we can continually improve the app and we're doing so um, at hopefully multiple times a month. And so one of some of the big features that we're working towards um, in bigger releases down the road, one is more accessibility. So trying to make sure that we have um, dark mode and high contrast mode uh, enabled within the app so that if that helps people be able to better use the app, we wanna make sure that's available to them. Um, we're also look, working on a no internet state for the app, where even if you don't have an internet connection at that time, which we know a lot of disaster survivors will face, we can still give them the most relevant information and have it preloaded in the app uh, so they don't need that internet connection to get some help um, and be able to know what to do. 
Uh, we are also taking a really close look at what we can do to build out that preparedness library, um, add in stuff that's not just about what to do as a disaster is happening or to you know plan your emergency kit and evacuation routes, but also add in ways that you can mitigate damage, um, knowing your risk about certain disasters in your area. And then on top of that, like I mentioned earlier, adding a personalization element. So out of all the preparedness information, being able to have people immediately know what's most relevant to them based off of the hazards um, that are in their location as well. What's your personal favorite um, feature of the app? My personal favorite is definitely the home screen, actually. I, I know it seems a little basic, but it was a huge shift for us to have a home screen that is um, very friendly um, in terms of a feeling, what you get when you open the app. We wanted to shift it from get people feeling overwhelmed to feeling relaxed and comfortable when they open the app. And so I think you, you'll notice that we've completely changed the look and feel to, to try to give people that feeling. Um, and also I think it uh, inspires a sense of uh, trust, hopefully. Um, so when people are uh, going through the worst moments of their lives, they can open up the FEMA app and instead of us stressing them out more, we're actually helping them feel in control and prepared. Great, um, and I know that uh, you and your team are definitely um, always willing to take feedback. And so, you know, if I'm an emergency manager and I, I find this tool useful or maybe have some frustrations that maybe uh, could suggest some improvements, uh, how do they get in touch with uh, with you all? It's a great question. Um, I, I know that we are talking every single day almost with all of our colleagues in each FEMA region to make sure that we're aware of feedback that they're hearing from uh, any of their partners. Um, there's always that avenue to share your input, but you can also reach us directly at FEMA-app at FEMA.dhs.gov. And we take in a lot of feedback, uh, not just from our partners and from um, our colleagues, but also from members of the public who use the app in that inbox. We sort through it. We try to make sure that we're recognizing trends where a lot of people are suggesting a certain type of feature. And we take that into account while we're planning for the future FEMA app developments. Thanks for listening to this episode of Before, During, and After a podcast from FEMA. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, or have ideas for future episodes, visit us at fema.gov slash podcast.